0: Hello, this is Spark My Muse, and I'm your host, Lisa DeLay. Today is Soul School, Lesson 193, The Last Prayer of Thomas Merton. Today I'm reading from a book by Roger Butts, the staff chaplain at a hospital system in Colorado Springs. His book, Seeds of Devotion, Weekly Contemplations on Faith, has a foreword by a good friend of mine, Carl McCollman. I wanted to feature this devotional today for those of you who really appreciate getting little nuggets each day of wisdom and guidance for your day. In New Seeds of Devotion, Roger Butts delivers evocative and lyrical prose while sharing wisdom from some of the most powerful figures in spirituality today. Tidbits from Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, and the contemporaries like Dorothy Day and Thomas Merton are sprinkled in his devotional as he reflects on life's deepest mysteries. Written with an open heart and years of purposeful practice as a chaplain, Roger Butts offers immersive passages with reflection questions, allowing for further spiritual exploration at the end of each devotion. This book invites you to ask bigger questions of yourself and your life while immersed in meditative silence. These prayers and reflections are meant to guide you to a place of peace and spirituality, but also challenge you to delve further into your grace. But most importantly, they are designed to help you listen and connect with the deep wisdom of your heart. The first meditation I'm going to read to you is from page 43, God, say a word. Exodus 20, the Ten Commandment chapter begins, And God spoke all these words, immediately followed by the words right from God's mouth. It's so straightforward, so simple, so direct. I'm sitting here jealous because in all of my days, God hasn't spoken to me like that. Even when I felt enveloped in the light of God's grace and care, I have never heard with my ears, straight from God's mouth. Once while driving out on I ninety five, going to see my friends for Thanksgiving dinner, the indigo girls was playing on the car CD, and I felt such light surrounding me. It was truly mystical. At that moment, did I feel that I was loved? Yes. I was seeing my friends that have been dear to me since I was in third grade. Did the beautiful sky and the crisp fall air? Heal Me? Yes. Was it the musical stylings of Amy and Emily, the Indigo Girls, in all their glory? Yes. And it felt like more than that. It felt like being held in divine love. But there were no words. No words from God, no words at all. My contemplative friends would say, Of course there were no words. It's post-words. It's beyond words. It's ineffable. How I long for a simple word from God. My wife Marta is a minister in the United Church of Christ, the ones who, mostly recently, brought us the slogan, God is still speaking. It's true, I suppose. God speaks in the trees, the aspens, the evergreens, the pines, the pines where the sun never shines, the top of Monarch Mountain, the line where the trees just stop growing up on Pike's Peak, the sun and the moon, the face of my beloved. One Friday, there was a bird that convinced me the world made sense. Sometimes it's in the simple, other times, the profound. Recently, I walked into a room of a patient, an elderly woman, who was about to be liberated from her intubation, a terminal wean. The family wanted a chaplain beside, and I walked in quietly, gently. I saw God speak, a son whispering in his mother's ear, and a daughter holding her hand, weeping. And the neighbor of this patient, just like that, started singing an old song from Mexico that they all loved. Señor, Señor, it began. They all sang along. It was plaintive and sad. I had no idea what they were singing and I didn't need to. It was perfectly clear. They sang and sang. Maybe it is silly to want a direct, simple, straightforward word. Maybe I'll never be at the dining table saying, and all these were the words God said to me. Maybe God only speaks through the loving neighbor who knows the song that is just right for the occasion. The indigo girls, the mountain and the bird in flight. That might be enough, and likely is. But I'll keep my heart and my ears open just in case. And then to the prayer. Listen. Be quiet. Be still. Be gentle. Relax your jaw. Loosen your shoulders. Listen. Be gentle. Be still. Be quiet. Let the silence and the stillness make sacred the place you're in right now. Look at the light or the table or the cloud or the moon or the sun or the wild wind through the wild trees. They too are a sacred text. Listen. Be still. Be gentle. Be quiet. The world does not need your words. Let your mind crawl into your heart space and let it take a nap for a little while. There's nothing to think. There's nothing to know. Surrender to that silence. Let a still, quiet, gently keep you just for a while. Amen. And here are the reflection questions at the end. What is your relationship to silence? What is a way you, quote, hear, unquote, God? Have you ever been going along and had an epiphany, a revelation, like during my trip out to the suburbs, listening to the Indigo Girls? What do you think of that very religious, very spiritual word, surrender? Whose silence are you? That's a meditation from Seeds of Devotion, Weekly Contemplations on Faith by Chaplain Roger Butts. I was particularly drawn to the meditation called Thomas Merton's Last Prayer, and I wanted to read it to you, including the reflection questions. It can be a kind of meditative aspect to your day today, and I hope you can soak these in deeply. Feel the love of God. First, there is a verse from John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. We abide in one another, we endure. He writes, I cannot describe the impact Thomas Merton has made on my life, he was a writer and the child of artists. He lived in New York and, as a young man converted to Catholicism, and in looking for a depth of spirituality, became a monk. He lived in the Abbey of Gethsemane in Kentucky and wrote about silence, politics, peacemaking, nonviolence and the way of Jesus. He deeply appreciated the Buddhist way as well. Without new seeds of contemplation, which is Merton's book. I could not be a Christian or a contemplative no matter how much I came up short in being both. Merton is my constant companion. In 1968, the Catholic monk and writer Thomas Merton was given permission to travel to Asia to give both talks at a few conferences and to experience the vast wisdom of Asian religious traditions. A month before his death in Bangkok, Merton wrote, I hope I can bring back to my monastery something of the Asian wisdom with which I am fortunate to be in contact. At some point in his sojourns, he made a pilgrimage to the Buddhist caves, Pelinarua. He encountered a series of Buddhas, quote, barefoot and undisturbed, unquote. Looking at these figures, I was suddenly and almost forcefully jerked clean of the habitual half-tried vision of things, and an inner clearness, clarity as if exploding from the rocks themselves became evident and obvious, Thomas wrote in his journals. I know and have seen what I was obscurely looking for. I don't know what else remains, but I have now seen and have pierced through the surface and have gone beyond the shadow and the disguise. His last talk on monasticism and his last prayer were both recorded his last prayer is an example of the profound power and interspiritual and interfaith relationship. It is easy to find that prayer on the internet. It begins, "O oh God, we are one with you. I wish everyone in the whole world could read that prayer and absorb it. I encourage you to read it and read it again. Then after that meditation comes a prayer area. And here is the prayer for us today. In our moments when we feel fragmented, afraid, Shattered. Loss. Remind us that we are one. One with you, O mysterious spirit. One with the great flow of love. One with each other. One with the critters and the plants, the stars and the sea. None of us is outside the story of love. None of us is outside grace's embrace. So strengthen us. Bind us together. Remind us that we come from love are made for love, and will undoubtedly return to love. Amen. And then here's the reflection questions added at the end. How have you gone beyond the shadow and the disguise? What is your habitual, half-tied vision of things? And how can you try to see deeper? How do we accept one another wholeheartedly, fully, completely? What inner spiritual or interfaith relationships have you cultivated? Those are a few things to consider. I would recommend this book by Roger Butts, staff chaplain in the Colorado Springs area. Sometimes it really helps to start our day with a few truthful nuggets that sit with us well all day. I invite you to go to patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse and support my work, which has been at least weekly since 2015. It's your funds and support that help make this possible, and I really appreciate them. Also, if you have read my book, The Wild Land Within, I ask that you would go to amazon.com or goodreads.com and leave a review. It's very helpful to get the book in front of other eyeballs so other people can be helped by what's contained within it. Thank you for tuning in today. And come back next week when we will have a guest.